Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Twitch.tv forward slash Ashkenazbuds. How you doing? It's now half 11 on Czech's Day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the 14th of July. How are we all doing? Are you all good? Are you good? Welcome in. Mm. Uh, my name is Graham. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm joined by the man that we call BB, 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 and this. Yeah, this is the scoop. We are Ashkenazbuds Bloods in true Ashkenazbuds fashion. This is your scoop, your daily dose of news from the world of video games and beyond. How the devil are we all doing today? You all good? Gagad's in the chat says, Good morning, gents. Next chamber says sub fools. I'll read Bib. Hello. Good morning. <clears throat> yeah, still morning. It is. It is. We've got we've got 31 minutes left. So yes, for those of you who don't know, we do go live each and every single weekday uh, at 10 a.m. Ish. 10 a.m. ish each and every single weekday. It's, it's, it's half 11, so that's not too bad for us. So we'll, we'll, we'll take that. We'll take that. 10 a.m. ish each and every single weekday. We do go live on twitch.tv forward slash ice cream uploads. Uh, we do a live stream where we give you our thoughts and our impressions on the biggest, the best, and breaking stories from the world of video games. And we want your thoughts and your impressions on our thoughts and our impressions. That's kind of how this works. This is a live stream that we do turn into a podcast, a video that goes on YouTube, and an audio podcast that goes on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud and Google Play. Some may say it's the UK's number one video game podcast. We are those people. And uh, I'd agree with us. Nice. Yes, nice. Anyway, if you are in the chat, please do feel free to get involved because obviously we do turn it into an on-demand video uh, audio podcast. Lots of people get to watch and listen on demand, but they don't get to get involved with us right here, right now in the chat. So please, please do that on their behalf. Before we do start, though, just a little bit of a reminder that exclamation mark loot drop. All subscribers do get included into a giveaway. We now finally have Chappers' details, so we can get Chappers' one of these, 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 there you go, the Ice Cream Uploads eSports jersey. We can get his version of that shipped out to him. Hopefully he'll have that in the next, it usually takes four to six weeks-ish. So yeah, he'll get that at some point in the next, in the next year. Yeah, nice. Um, if you want to win yourself a prize next month, maybe maybe it's another jersey, maybe not. It's probably not going to be. Usually like to mix it up, but uh, exclamation mark loot drop uh, will give you the details on that. I'm assuming you're all subscribers, right? You all know about that, right? You're all in the draw, right? Nice, nice. Uh, the other thing to mention is exclamation mark insert coin. We have a new discount code. So if you've bought something from uh, Insert Coin already um, and you thought, ah, oh, I can't use the code, I've already had my first time. Don't worry, don't worry, it's back. Uh, let me see if, see if, I think I updated it yesterday. Insert Coin. Uh, there you go. You get 20% off one order using our exclusive discount code ICU. 21 a bit shorter a bit simpler and rebranded for 2021 so i see you 2021 i see 21 should i say we'll get you 20 percent off your first order throughout the whole of 2021 nice nice uh but yeah nice nice how's things babe yeah <clears throat> jesus yeah good great. yeah yeah it's fucking it's good mate yeah i'm butcher over here <laughs> come on all right phil uh uh do you know what yeah gonna... good we're going to jump straight into the news. Usually we'd have a little bit of a chin wag, but uh, I have a call at one-ish and we have, we've got four articles and then the article that we paused from yesterday. So you might have seen that we are kicking things off with a discussion around cheaters. We do like to jump into cheating conversations um, because we work in video game esports and event production. So cheating uh, and all of the conversations around hacking and, and that sort of stuff is quite close to home for us. So we do jump into that. So we have a couple of conversations around cheating and new cheat softwares. We'll then jump into a conversation about how Cyberpunk is kicking ass despite being a game that PlayStation recommends that you shouldn't play. Uh, not on PS4 anyway. It's still topping the PS4 charts. Uh, we'll then jump into a conversation about Xbox. Phil Spencer still sees a future for story-driven games. I mean, naturally, uh, they were 
the biggest selling games of last generation. So that makes sense. But we'll jump into all the details of why Phil Spencer's talking about that. And then finally, the article that we did shunt from yesterday's show to this one, which is the opinion piece by Ryan James at gamesindustry.biz that asks the question, is E3 now too streamlined? Is it bad? Is it good? Has E3 uh, evolving since 2019 has it evolved in a good way? We'll give you all of the details on that uh, in the end story. But first of all, Bib, mm-hmm. let me set the scene for you. You're playing Warzone. Set the scene for me. Yeah. Uh, a game that you've invested in because you like the idea of... Uh, uh, let's, actually, let's run it back. It might, maybe it's Warzone. Maybe it's Call of Duty, Black Ops, or, or whatever the... Uh, Black Ops Cold War, that's it. Uh, whatever the latest game is, it's Black Ops Cold War. And you're thinking, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grind. I'm going to get myself the red... Tiger camos or whatever they are. You can clearly tell I've not played Call of Duty uh, that intensely for the last few years. Anyway, you want to you want to grind all the skins. If you jumped into a game with someone and suddenly found that everything that you could do to grind every skin for every weapon has been maxed out, you're level one thousand. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else to do. How would you feel about that? Probably wouldn't want to play it, Graham. I've got so much more to say on this once we've concluded the article. Sweet. Well, hold on to those thoughts. We'll jump into exactly that. So Wes Yinpool at Eurogame says, Call of Duty Wars on hackers appear to be boosting high-profile streamers to level 1,000 and unlocking all weapon camos. It's a dark matter. The tagline, it makes sense if you... If you don't know why, it will make sense in the article. Uh, so in a, surpri- uh, in a surprising twist on the normal Call of Duty Wars on cheating issues that have plagued the Battle Royale since launch, hackers appear to be boosting high-profile streamers' accounts to level 1,000 and unlocking their, uh, unlocking their weapon camos. A raft of popular Wars on streamers were shocked to see their accounts hit the maximum level 1,000 while playing last night, and all Black Ops Cold War weapons in the game hit maximum level complete with all camos unlocked. Yes, even the incredibly difficult to obtain dark matter camos for these weapons were unlocked. The most high-profile Warzone streamer to, to be hit by this is Nick uh, Nick Merckx Kolchev, who has 1.9 million followers on Twitter, 5.9 million followers on Twitch, and 3.95 million subscribers on YouTube. It also happened to Phaser Swag, who's, who has 2.4 million subscribers on YouTube, and Warzone streamers Biffle and Smixer. Uh, I'll read you the text there is embedded tweets but because of cookie settings they don't show but this is a, a, a tweet from Deserto Intel says best hack or glitch ever was on players are randomly locking, uh, unlocking all gun cameras attachments and level 1000 question mark uh, next one from Rockus Mix he says and then I get hacked to level 1000 and all my guns unlocked I am inches from uninstalling uh, so it's unclear how some players are able to target others in a Warzone lobby with this hack. It may be the case that the, ha- uh, the hack is having the unintended effect of spilling over into accounts it runs up against in-game, potentially specifically the account of a player who kills someone who has used the hack. My cursory research online reveals a number of websites selling Call of Duty account boosting. One website, which we will not name, sells a Black Ops Cold War boost that includes all multiplayer camos as well as level 1000 and max weapons for 99 99 which is down from 14999 oh, that's that's nice just dropping the prices what a, what a guys uh, the website says uh, the way it works is the customer is invited into a private lobby where in just minutes they will receive all camos for all weapons this works on all platforms including console apparently the website even claims a 0% rate of bans over the last 12 months all you need is modern warfare installed the emergence of this hack and its impact on streamers comes at a difficult time for warzone which has seen complaints about cheating skyrocket in recent weeks Last week, we reported on a new cheat that uses machine learning, uh, which sparked concern it could ruin Call of Duty competitive play on console. Activision reacted quickly to scrub 
from the internet and put the stop to its development, which is exactly where we're going to stop for just a second, uh, because that's actually the next story of the day. So uh, jumping away from Eurogame into Vice. Uh, so this is written by uh, Lorenzo Franceschi Bicirai or something like that. <laughs> Incredible name. We'll, we'll, call, we'll call him Steve. No, Lorenzo uh, at, at Vice has this... Uh, Article that says, undetectable, that's in air quotes, undetectable console cheat shuts down after Activision request. So the maker of a cheat system that used machine vision and promised to work on any game and any platform shut down after receiving a request from Activision, the developer said. So a developer who was marketing an undetectable cheat that was supposed to work for any video game, both on PC and console, has shut down after receiving a request from game publisher Activision. Last week, a new cheat called Use Service uh, started getting attention after a well-known cheat hunter group tweeted about it, calling it the next generation of cheating. Kotaku and Ars Technica wrote about the cheat, highlighting its innovative approach and the fact that it promised to be platform agnostic. Uh, whether it's actually undetectable is another story. Cheats and anti-cheats programs are always engaged in a game of cat and mouse. Uh, curious users flock to use services Discord channel, but the cheat maker who used clips of Call of Duty Warzone to demo his system on YouTube also caught the eye of Activision, the publisher of that game. On Monday, the cheat developer, who goes by User101, deleted all the content on the cheat site and replaced it with a statement. Uh, so this is the statement team. This statement was not required. However, at the request of Activision Publishing Incorporated, uh, I will no longer be developing or providing access to software that could be used to exploit their games. My intent was never to do anything illegal. At the end of the video that brought so much attention to this project, it stated coming soon. The software was never published. Uh, this type of technology has other actual assistive benefits. For example, by pointing a webcam at yourself, you could control movement without the use of limbs. Unfortunately, because of its potential negative impact, I will not be developing it further. Hours later, U Services Discord was also deleted. Only the cheats merchandise on Amazon is still up. User 101 did not respond to a message sent after the site shut down, and Activision did not respond uh, for uh, to a request for comment. But user 101 statement clearly hints at what likely happened. Someone at Activision found out about the cheat, saw that it could be used in Warzone, and perhaps got a letter from one uh, from one of Activision's lawyers, since user 101 specifically noted that they did not intend to do anything, air quotes, illegal. Uh, last week, in an interview with Motherboard, user 101 explained how his cheat worked and said that he believed he was what he was doing was above board, given that his cheat did not rely on reverse engineering games or hacking their code. Quote, I created the world's first aimbot that will work on any gaming console through the use of artificial intelligence and deep learning, he said. My code is simply an automation software not geared towards any specific game. Uh, an aimbot is a type of cheat that helps gamers automatically aim at an enemy, and its standard offering in cheats... Uh, and it's a standard offering in cheats for first-person shooters such as Warzone or Apex Legends. What made you service different is that it relied on an external card, something called computer vision and an emulated input device uh, and emulated input devices, should I say. Uh, the cheat was designed to see what was going on in the game on a separate computer, recognize objects such as enemies in the game being played on the console and send signals to the console's controller to help the player, according to user 101. This required an expensive and slightly complicated setup, a PC with a good GPU to process the video feed from the console and run the cheats, automation and machine learning scripts, a capture card to stream the game, which can cost $100 or $200, 
and a hardware device which can cost almost $200 to connect the console and its controller to the PC and emulate the controller signals. On top of that, a would-be cheater had to pay to buy the cheat itself. An employee of a games company who asked to remain on anonymous because they weren't allowed to speak to the press confirmed that something like this can't be detected without uh, creating the risk of false positives. After all, they explained, what this cheat does is simply what a controller can do. That said, it may be able, may be able to detect to detect something like this if a game company detects that a previously mediocre player, i.e. Graham, suddenly becomes godlike, uh, as Graham usually does. Nice, thank you. Uh, though there is, of course, the risk of false positives, as the employee mentioned. The technique I am using only sends signals as if it were a player, user 101 admitted. Uh, and that's the cheat's biggest drawback. It would only level the playing field. It wouldn't really give the cheater anything they couldn't get if they just learned to play better. This kind of cheat can offer something like wall hacks, a feature that highlights enemy players behind walls, and it can really distinguish between enemies and team members it only detects their shapes uh, going up against a good player you might win a one-on-one -on -one more often if this aim assist feature can compensate for your lacking aim and skill it will make a bad to mediocre player better but someone with good aim and good anti-recall movement will have no benefit from this program said a person who tried the cheat who has to remain anonymous as they worked for a tech company and were not allowed to speak to the press uh do you know i might as well finish up ironically user 101 said he started to develop a sheet after he got frustrated by others cheating lol uh, every single time i get killed i question yeah. whether or not it was a pro player with tremendous situational uh, situational awareness and extreme accuracy or just a hack he said well it definitely won't be someone using his cheat uh so that's the end of the article i hope you all sat in strapped in that was a that was a long old reading session to start off the show the gist of what we're talking about, though, is that Call of Duty Warzone hackers are not just working on their own accounts. They're working on your accounts, uh, potentially. If you get into a lobby with a hacker, you could find yourself boosted to the max, which is not something that's 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 brand new. I've heard of this before. Um, I remember, I want to say someone like a syndicate or someone tweeting about it a few years ago that they just had their account, like, go bloop, at super high, and then it got, like, uh, it... it worked in the opposite way in, in the fact that someone kind of wiped it afterwards. I think like Activision might have seen it and wiped him back down to zero, but that meant that any progress that he had in the meantime was removed as well. That was that was must have been five years ago or something like that, so that's not entirely brand new. But Warzone hackers are boosting accounts, maybe aiming for streamers, maybe it's just, it's just coinkidink. Um, as mm. well as that, there are now unde undetectable AI-based cheat software systems. It's all going on in the world of hacking and cheating. Bib, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'll be absolutely devastated if I was playing a game for the grind and the grind was taken away from me. And the easiest way that I can say this or the one that gets put into layman's terms, if it, imagine you were started to play an MMO, whether or not it's Final Fantasy, ESO, World of Warcraft. Right? The, if you was to start that game and had everything unlocked for you already and you didn't have to grind for it and have to play the game to find new armor find new weapons would there be much point in playing those games i know warzone people aren't necessarily just going to unlock everything but that's part of the grind and i'm sure that is their end goal it may not be the obvious right in front of your goal but like you playing PUBG, for instance, you what it's your your weapon mastery is your goal. You finish one gun, you move on to the next gun. Obviously, if the fight dictates that you do, you can't use the gun that you're trying to master, you'll have to move on to a different gun and potentially try and win the fight. But the end goal is to try and get level 100 across all of your weapons, however that may be, whether that'll take three months, a year, two years, whatever. That is your end goal. It's not the one that's right in front of you. The one in front of you is to win the match. 
long-term goal is to unlock all your weapons. If someone is able to do that for you in the blink of an eye, is that will that put you off playing the game? If so, if you was to play PUBG later on and you was to come up against someone in the game that you've killed, their exploits then somehow interfere with your account and therefore everything gets unlocked. Will that will that put you off of playing PUBG or is that will it not bother you? No, no, it would bother me. It definitely would. Um <clears throat> Uh, so the way PUBG works is kind of different. So PUBG has your seasonal-based goals, um, which is obviously your battle pass sort of stuff. And then to, to reference it in a Fortnite sort of way, anyone that's gone through a Fortnite season, you've got your normal missions and stuff. And then I say I say they do. I haven't actually checked for the last two seasons, but I know a couple of seasons ago they had stretch goals. So rather than um, land and kill eight people today or something like that, it'll be kill a thousand different players or or kill a thousand different or get a thousand damage with shotguns uh in midair or something like that stupid goals that are ridiculous that you have to grind and grind and grind um the kind of goals that you that are so extreme most people won't bother with them or, or some people will only realize towards the end of the season shit i've, I've actually done 800 damage with shotguns in the air mm. i only need 200 more damage so would then start giving them little missions to go for um so that sort of stuff the stretch goal kind of feel is, is kind of what i'm looking at this because a lot of people will already push themselves through i mean i was driven by um unlocking different camos and stuff of weapons um so modern warfare remastered had i think it was called the regal skin set so if you like say you could go through and unlock let's i can't remember what the, the top skin was for a weapon so say if like, i've used the whatever the remington sniper rifle was called on on modern warfare r100 whatever i don't know um if i get that to its top level let's say that's a gold skin and then i go to the next bolt action sniper rifle and get that to gold skin and then unlock the barrett 50 cal and get that to gold skin and go through all of them once you've got all skins for all sniper rifles you then unlock the regal skin so that's an absolute grind because that requires shitloads of headshot kills that requires just normal kills that requires suppressed kills long range kills short scope kills and so on for every weapon so i did that got the regal skin for snipers on modern warfare um but if I'd have gone halfway through that and someone had pushed me to the end, I, I'd be like, well, fuck that. That can get mm. in the sea. I mean, I, there's no way that I will be going through that process again because it's yeah. it's enjoyable, but not enjoyable. It's one of those grinds that, oh, I, 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 like, you might go through a game and you might get, you might if you get a fucking collateral headshot and you're like, oh, there's two headshots from a sniper in one bullet. That's fucking amazing. And then you go through the next game and you get no one. You don't get a headshot. You get a few kills, but it's all body shots or hit markers. Uh, next game, no kill. Fuck! Um, so it's kind of one of those, it's, it's super rewarding when you do it, but it's also the grind. The grind that games are yeah. supposed to have. And if I, if the, if if someone takes it away from me or, or resets it so I have to start it again, that's just not... A, the, the balance of the grind, which was already teetering, is gone. And I, I wouldn't want to do it again. So it's... It's it's, it's shit. It's proper shit. And like I say, it's not it's def, it's not new, which Erodi Wan Kenobi... Good morning, by the way. Um, confirms. He says, it happened to me in Call of Duty World at War, which was a game and a half. Speaking of uh, World at War, Mr. Bearded Edge is in the chat, who I spent many, many hours playing Call of Duty World at War with. Yeah, yeah. PS3 boys, baby. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, he went from level 33 to max prestige, max level. <laughs> what was that? World yeah. of War, was that 50 or 60 levels per prestige with 10 prestiges or something like that? So you went from 33 levels to, like, 500 uh, out, out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Yikes. I mean, to be fair, that wouldn't have mattered that much in that sort of level to me, um, like, in the prestiging, because I, I, w- I was the kind of player that knew that I wasn't taking it that seriously in terms of um, I'd spend a shitload of time like going up through the levels and stuff. But when I hit the prestige level, I, I, I didn't prestige very often because I didn't want to start again and, and get the M16 with with no red dot and then unlock the red dot yeah. and then unlock the ACOG and, and so on. So it didn't matter. That's all part of the process, isn't it? That's, uh, for me, That if I'm starting a brand new Call of Duty game, I want to be able to unlock all of those things. I mean, this is... I, I imagine that ninety percent of the world will be fucking buzzing with the fact that they have had everything just open or unlocked for them now. Like they they don't have to sit there for hours and hours and hours grinding a particular gun. Everything's just open. They can make whatever loadout they want. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're really happy with that. But I feel like I, for games like that, I enjoy the grind. Yeah. And I know there's games nowadays that you can pay ten pounds and have the grind taken away from you, and you can just. No, I mean, the, the, you can buy MMOs now. So, for, say, for instance, you've got the ESO and you've got uh, World of Warcraft that you can buy the latest expansions and it will automatically give you a level 60 or level whatever the level cap was, level level 60 character with all the abilities, all the costumes, all the mounts, everything ready-made for you, and then you just play the new expansion. Like, that, for me, it doesn't sound fun. Um but I imagine if you are just getting into World World of Warcraft now, like 18 years after the fact, the chances are you are not going to want to go and play 18 years worth of content <laughs> to get to the point uh, where you are currently up to date because it will take you 18 years to get to this point. So I can understand it from that perspective. Well, PUBG's but... only been out five years and I've played 18 years worth of content on it. So <laughs> I'd love to see your data, data uh, your uh, time on that game. Like on PC, obviously it tells you, but on console, I don't think it does. No, so I'd love it, to be able to see the the time on it. That that like my year in summary a summary thing that that they, do you know like Spotify gives you my year in Spotify. PlayStation always yeah. tried to do it. They tried to do the same thing at the same time, and it just doesn't work because it's like, yeah, you played PUBG more than any other game this year. It's like, okay, tell me something I didn't know. You played PUBG <laughs> for four hours. It's like, okay, well, that's something I didn't know because <laughs> I fucking know I played PUBG for four hours yesterday. <laughs> tell me, uh... tell me more. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, but yeah, Erodi says there he bought gold in ESO once. I was so rich in gold, like you, you can buy the memberships for the month. Uh, to be fair, the ESO model is fantastic. So if you pay their eight pound a month for their subscription to be able, and it, what that subscription will do, it'll unlock all of the uh, DLC packs. So you don't have to necessarily go out and pay the thirty pound for the upgrade. I mean, you can and you'll keep it. But if you pay the eight pound a month or whatever it is, it'll give you all of the expansions. You can play the entire game and have everything unlocked, including they will give you crowns, which the crowns you can then go and buy new furniture or buy a better mount or just upgrade your character in some way or form. That's cool. I enjoy that. It does feel like a little... It does... I don't want to say it doesn't feel cheat. It feels a bit cheaty because you get double XP as well, which isn't which is cool. If you're playing the game all the time, that is amazing. It, they just need to. They always incentivize that stuff. But at this point, if you're playing Warzone, you're not paying for these unlocks. You're not paying for these cheats. It's just everybody else's cheats seem to be spilling onto your character and your profile, which is bonkers. Yeah, I mean there is um, obviously there's some caveats that mean it's it's not 
as as bad as you'd kind of maybe uh, suspect. So like Callum says, if you were playing for the grind, you would have had Dark Matter months ago. I did it and locked it back in January. The max level 1,000 is reset each season, so it's not much of an issue, which I do get. Mm-hmm. I do get it. But then again, you've got probably tons of people that are playing for the grind, but their grind is yeah. is, is an hour a day. Uh, so there'll be a lot of people that'll be like, I wanted to I wanted to get to level 1000 on my own. This is the month that I've got shitloads of time yeah. for it. School finishes next week, so I was hoping to fly towards it kind of thing. So, yeah, there's that sort of stuff. Anyway, actually, on that on that note, I'm going to jump back up because I didn't actually go through the chat. Lotus, good morning. I don't know if you're still here, dude. How are you doing? Um, next Gen Base says, Subfools. Hey, I think I got that one, though. Uh, Chaos Theory says, A call at one wish. Does that... Uh, call at one. Uh, does that mean the call's actually... Ah, yeah, I'll call it one-ish. I get you, I get you. It was the... the yeah. uh, no, the call's actually at one. <laughs> so it's only the scoop that has the ish. Uh, so, so yeah. I mean, although that is actually uh thing. So, yeah. The scoop is the ish because everything else goes to that time. So the scoop is fitted around it. So everything else has times and, and, and that may overrun if it needs to or whatever, whereas the scoop fits in around it. That's why the scoop's the ish. Uh, which is why we appreciate the guys that do come back each and every single weekday. Uh, the fact that we don't have a steady time, uh, we have a steady-ish time and you're still here. We appreciate it. Um, Callum says, Treyarch released an update for this yesterday and this can't happen anymore. People that have had their accounts unlocked will remain the same though. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Unlucky. Uh, I mean, some people would like it. Some people would like it. I, 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 do you know, I actually might like it um in that sort of sense because if it's yeah if, it, if it's, it's not your main though is it yeah it's not your main. exactly for, for someone like me if i'm jumping in it's like the way i call call duty all the time is it's a change of pace for me so if i jumped in and had more options that'd be nice but it's not my grind if someone did it to me on PUBG, i would be furious so yeah it's yeah horses for courses in that sort of sense Erodi Wan Kenobi says, Topic of the week. Uh, Rushford should stick to school meals. Sancho should be Sanj no more penalties. And Saka, well, I cannot blame him because he was actually good. Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, Asim says, Skynet confirmed. I, for one, welcome our new machine overlords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that use service stuff. So obviously we spent a bit of time talking about Warzone hackers. That use service stuff is is quite interesting. I'll jump back onto that one in just a second, though. So uh, next gen base says, Rashford stick to football when the government actually uh, stick to politics. <laughs> anyway, video games. Activision Defo threatened to sue him to the ground and prosecute him. Yeah, no other way. This was a voluntary removal. Uh, I've gone through that one, gone through that one. Uh, Shit-talking news story of the week. Old Trafford bomb during World War II and actually improved the ground. Get out of here again. <laughs> uh, oh, I meant I paid like £400 for 200 million in-game currency or something. Yikes! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you played it all the time, then I don't see that being a... Because it, 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 this, this sounds like... Uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, hypocritical, um, because an MMO I feel slightly different uh, in terms of uh, it's not really pay to win a lot of the times in MMOs because a lot of it is just cosmetic stuff. So, like for instance, in ESO, if you used to put a load of money into it, you don't necessarily have your character leveled up. You may pay to have a bit of more of an XP boost, but a lot of it is cosmetic, so you'll have like new furniture for your gaff or again new mounts and things like that. So putting four hundred pounds into an MMO isn't it's not paid to win. So there's it's a completely different argument. It's like putting four hundred pounds into Fortnite. You're not paying to win. You're just paying to look I'll say this in air quotes for you audio listeners. Uh cooler <laughs> and having the kind of style that you like. Or it might cooler? be I don't know yeah, <laughs> it might be Bruce Willis. 
in there or Rambo or whatever. It's it's different. It's different. You know, it's not a pay-to-win mechanic, especially in an MMO. So yeah, I mean, four hundred quid. Damn, I bet you've got a nice house. <laughs> <laughs> not, I mean, not as nice as Bibby's house with two Lambos, a West Lawn, an East Lawn, a West West Lawn, uh, an East West. Uh, you, you get the point. Lots of lots of stuff. Yeah. My mountain ESO is a giant cat, so what more can I ask for? <laughs> I'll tell you what I can ask for. People to retweet that tweet that I've just posted in the chat. Yeah, this is the go live tweet to let people know that we are live on air. And talking about hacks. So obviously we spoke a little bit about Warzone hacking, but you service. Uh, I love how the uh, user 101 uh, hasn't gone forward with his name. Um, he calls his software a hack, but then also says that it's not really a hack because hacking is reverse engineering. But my hack is not a hack. <laughs> and then says, yeah. "This the thing is, like, this this skill, uh, this bit of software could actually be really useful. So where did he where did he say it? Uh, fucking naive, that's what he is. Oh, no, I don't know. It's, I don't think he's naive. I think it's just stupid. Uh, okay, I can't find a bit. But he was basically saying they can use like AI learning and deep learning algorithms to allow you to play the game without having to move your body. Uh, so the game can, you can play that. So, so that's, that's like, okay. We get into the realms of maybe this is something that special effect and co would like to hear about. So it's like when someone mentions that you're like, okay, well, this is pretty cool. This is the making some software that's, that's potentially going to help the world. And it's like, if that was really what you were going to do with it, you wouldn't be making a Discord to tell people how to cheat and then selling the hack for games as cheats. It's always funny when you get someone that has the ability to help the world um, and then chooses profit over helping the world. Only at the point when they get pulled back do they go, oh, it's actually, it could help the world. And it's like, yeah, it could have done, but you didn't go down that route, did you? So uh, user 101 and you service yeah great now, forward uh forward thinking ways to help the world love the idea but you didn't do that at all just because it can be used in that way doesn't mean that that's what it is it's a it's a blatant cheat that you've proudly said could get around any modern ways of uh or any current ways of uh tracking cheats uh it's 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 purely a chase for profit it's it's a hack at the expense of other users that chases profit for yourself and even if it's a nicer cheat um, in terms of there's no wall hacks you're not providing information that isn't available in the game so that's uh, that's kind of a, an easy way of defining a cheat a cheat is using information or systems or knowledge that shouldn't be freely available to you in a game um, and that could be in any sort of like stream sniping people will say stream sniping isn't cheating but it is cheating if i can look at a stream let's even down to pez which i always say stream sniping is a bit of a soft cheat for pez because you have to then play the game against someone so if i stream snipe baby playing pez and i get a match against him I still then have to beat him. Bibby could still quite easily beat me. It's still an even table. But the fact that I've got into the match against Bibby is based on information that I don't have available to me in my game. I've got that information off of my third screen where I can see Bibby's just started his matchmaking and I matchmake at the same time if I'm against him. It's cheating. It's, it's as soft as it is. It's still cheating. So this allowing players to get better in levels that they would be in a game without giving them wall hacks or without uh, bullet penetration that shouldn't be there and, and, and stuff like that. That's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It's still a cheat at the end of the day. So mm -hmm. something that could make it better and potentially could provide uh, solutions for disabled gamers or whatever angle they were going to go with that not having to move your body software. You didn't go that way. You went down the cheating 
uh, angle. As Erodiwan Kenobi says, profit is greater than humanity. And that's what it was. And that's what it was. The potential for profit usurped the humanitarian angle for that. So as good and as cool as it could be, it's a cheat. You were going for money and you got found out. And Activision dropped a big, fat, scary note and you, you panicked and got rid of it all. Nice. Where in reality, Activision dropping that cease and desist, that that is the first request for most video game companies for everything ever. And a lot of people will panic at a cease and desist. And actually, a cease and desist is a very easy and very cheap solution for any video game company to scare uh, video gamers or or streamers or or, or or hackers and dodgy dodgy people into stopping something that they don't want happening. In reality, m- more often than not, if for the cease and desist, if you say, no, fuck you, um, video game companies are then left with the uh, conversation of, do you want to take this to court, which will give it publicity, which will uh, mean that you have to back up your argument and fully fundamentally make sure that you are right in your cause. It is just... A lot of video game companies will go, actually... We thought the cease and desist would stop it. We'll just, we'll just, shh, we'll just walk away. Um, but it just shows that. I mean, he if he was genuinely serious, he wouldn't have just got rid of his website and changed it for a, a statement. He wouldn't have deleted his Discord. He knows what he was doing. That says it all. That says it all. So yeah, mate, get out of here. User one one. You service. Nah, me. You service. Nobody. Not anymore. Uh, and on that bombshell, let's move forward. Let's move forward. Uh, speaking of cheats. It's not really a cheat. I just couldn't really, you know, build up a, a link. <laughs> Trying so, your best out, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Try, try. Do you know what? Let's just, fuck it. Let's just jump straight into the news. There we go! <laughs> Andrew Robinson at VGC says, after a six-month absence, uh, Cyberpunk, which was cheating its users of... No, okay, you get it. Anyway, Cyberpunk was the best-selling digital PS4 game in June. CD Projekt's game recently returned to the store. Uh, just going to reach over to my drawer, grab my copy of Cyberpunk, <laughs> which is still in the case. Uh, there you go. There you go. Talking about Cyberpunk, I have to show it. It's it's like QI Klaxon level territory for the scoop now, so let me just get that going. There you go. <laughs> uh, we are cyber scooping once again. So, yes, uh, Cyberpunk is now back on the PS4 store, and it's the best-selling digital game in June. So Cyberpunk 2077 was the best-selling PS4 game on the PlayStation Store in June after a six-month absence from the digital storefront. According to PlayStation's latest uh, store chart for June, the CD Projekt Red title was the best-selling digital PS4 game in both US, Canada, and Europe, despite only having been on sale for just over a week of the month. Uh, Cyberpunk finally returned to the PlayStation Store on June 21st, six months after it was pulled from sale due to its buggy launch date. However, Sony has warned that purchasing the game for the PS4 consoles is not recommended. Just let that sink in. A game that Sony says is not recommended for PS4 consoles is at the top of the PS4 chart. What? Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 had been unavailable on the PS Store since December 17th, 2020. Following three delays, the highly anticipated RPG released on December 10th with a host of technical problems, most notably on PS4 and Xbox One, resulting in the title being pulled entirely from the PS Store a week after its release. At the time, CD Projekt uh, pledged to improve the title with future patches. It said March 2021's 1.2 update included over 500 improvements, but also said customers not wanting to keep the game could opt for a refund. Fund. Asked about the same situation in late March, CD Projekt's SVP of Business, uh, Michal Novakovsky, said uh, Cyberpunk's 2077 absence from Sony's digital storefront was possibly hurting sales across all platforms. 
Microsoft recently ended its no-questions-asked refund policy for digital copies of Cyberpunk 2077. Unlike Sony, Microsoft chose to continue selling the game, albeit with a warning which still states, users may experience performance issues when playing this game on Xbox One consoles until this game is updated. Uh, so it's kind of like a trade-off, this. So we've got a game that PlayStation killed, PlayStation has allowed to come back, but still says we do not recommend, uh, or it is is not recommended to be played on the PS4, but it still tops the PS4 charts for an entire month, despite only being on sale for 25%-ish of that month. Uh, is that because it's such a good game? Is that because of the expectation around all of the hype? I mean, this was hyped for about seven years but especially the last 24 months of its its hype cycle was huge it does that show just how successful a game can be if you market it effectively what are you what are your thoughts on this bib with the fact that it's come back now and people and people are in, coming out in their droves to buy this game again or to buy it for the first time shows how powerful this game is to the community of gamers like the, people know that this game maybe not now but it wasn't in a very playable state if you don't own a pc or a playstation 5 or a playstation 4 pro the experience that you're going to have is going to be completely different than if you're playing on a playstation 4 like it's 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 night and day apparently i haven't i still have it it's up there it's not quite in the cellophane but it's up there and i'm waiting to be able to play it I'm I'm kind of thinking, is now the time to jump in and play it? Or do I want to wait the extra three or four months to get the PlayStation 5 version of this game? But it, it's clearly something somewhere has happened for people to come out and make this the number one best-selling game on PlayStation at the moment. It's, it's weird. I can't put my finger on it until I try it for myself. And I guess that's what it comes down to. Like People want to try it for themselves now. They know there's been a hot fix. If you was to say this is this game has had 500 fixes, you're thinking, fucking hell, how broke was it in the first place to require 500 fixes in a short amount of time? Are you thinking, okay, those 500 fixes have now made it a playable game? Yeah, no, I people, think people are going People are that. thinking, just how broke was it? This had 500 fixes to make it playable, <laughs> and it's still not recommended to be played. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a PlayStation 4, I don't have a PlayStation 5, so hopefully it'll run better, but... Yeah, I'm I'm happy that the redemption arc is coming for this game. Um, I feel like eventually we're going to get the game that we wanted, the game that we've been told that we should have, the game technically that you should deserve with the money that you would have spent on this game. So, yeah, I think it's nearly coming full circle. I imagine by the time the PlayStation Five comes out, uh, PlayStation Five version comes out, we should be seeing a completely different game. But I'm happy. I don't. I never wanted to shit on the game in the first place, but I cannot. I cannot take the side of a game that has had 500 fix, 500 patches, uh, sorry, uh, numerous patches and 500 fixes in the space of four, four or five months. In fact, it's a lot longer than that now, and it's like seven months. I cannot, I cannot back it. Like it's the game was in such a dire mess, and I know there were people in the chat that played it and actually enjoyed it. But I can imagine if you played it and enjoyed it after 500 fixes, you're probably going to enjoy it more. But I want to be able to enjoy it for the first time that I play it, not have to replay it again to experience it in what it's meant to be. So I'm happy that this game is now being sold again. I'm happy that it seems to be in a better place. I'm happy that it's now topping charts. I am also a little bit skeptical that PlayStation said, if you buy this now, that's it. No more refunds. That's 
I mean, skeptical is clearly the wrong word because they know full well that if it's by it's by his choice now. You've had six months of this game not being sold. It's entirely your choice. If you spend the money on buying it, don't come back to us. We've we've given you a no questions asked refund for so long. That's it. If you buy it, you buy it. Say the way it should, well, I say the way it should be. It's the way it usually is for video games. It's tough shit. So they've been very polite in doing that initially. If you buy it now, tough shit. But I imagine you're going to have a much better time playing it now than you did before. I love the fact that the game case has quite a big number on it. So I don't know if you can see it. Is it going to focus? Over 200 awards. And it's like, yep, that's still only 40% of the uh, improvements that you uh, added in a patch back in March. So, yeah, you've probably <laughs> multiplied your awards by five by the time we've got to this point. So, so yeah, big numbers, even bigger numbers on the improvement front. But fair play to them. 500 improvements is big improvements. I'll give them I'll give them the dues in that sort of sense. It's a shit mm. show. It will remain a shit show. And it should, it should remain a shit show. But not... I'm not against the redemption story. I love the idea of a redemption story. Uh, we talk about No Man's Sky all the time, and I'm not going to talk about it now, just other than saying a redemption story is always welcome. Uh, and mm-hmm. and it's not something CD Projekt Red are, are alien to. They did the same thing with The Witcher. That had a, a little bit of a redemption story. I mean, not as extreme. If they do manage to bring this back, nothing will ever be this extreme. But... It should be remembered, particularly at CD Projekt, just so they don't take their audience as so heavily granted. I don't think, for a lot of games, having issues, faults, patches, delays, and so on, I will give them as much time as they need and and more rope uh, to uh, for the proverbial hang yourself sort of stuff than, than usually I would do right now because of the COVID situation over the last 12, 18 months because of the COVID situation. And they they fell into that situation, but their their mistakes weren't a result of COVID. Their mistakes were a result of bad top-down management and greed. So mm-hmm. so I will I will happily see these 500 improvements become 1,000, become 1,500 improvements so it plays exceptionally well on next-gen consoles and it's good on PC. And even the last-gen consoles might even get improvements as well. I mean, all that stuff is wonderful. But I I will I will forget and not forget the fact that this game is the worst launch of any video game of all time. I will happily di- let it go if they want to build and provide a good future, but I will not forget the past in terms of yeah. uh, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be forgotten. It was such a horrendous situation, especially when we were fighting all the way through, uh, trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, they've got three delays. They've got all these calls about. Uh, overworking their staff and and they're no they're actually a really good company because they're doing all this cool stuff and they've got gog and 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 they've, they've got a tv program that has a quirky song that we can all sing in january last year toss the coin to you oh there's wonderful yeah, mm-hmm. yeah all that stuff um but then when it actually came out it's like oh okay maybe they were dickheads all along so maybe they weren't maybe they weren't but the fact that is uh, and, it, and will always be that they released a game that still isn't up to scratch but it is a really good game so if they didn't have a good game at all, then this would have just been dead in the war. There is a very good game in there. A lot of people have played through it, uh, played through it, and enjoyed it. I won't say it's a hundred percent a game. It's not a game of the year game because a lot of people didn't think it was. It was an eighty percent sort of game, a strong game, but just goes to show you what you can do if you've got a reputation and a massive budget. You could make even the most buggiest calamity of a mess sell. Uh, and that's what they've done. They've used their reputation. It may have cost them their reputation in some people's eyes, but it also shows you just how 
irrelevant this podcast is. So please go away and, and never come back again. No, I'm joking. Just, <laughs> just, just goes to show that people don't care in that sort of sense. We will sit here and say that it's not good enough and and, and don't pre-order. Don't go out and buy games because you, you could be wasting your money and stuff like that. Um, not saying don't go out and buy games, but obviously in this context, we may give you recommendations of things that we would or wouldn't do. Um, mm-hmm. But but we are a small area of video game content creation. Um, uh, and even still, video game content creation, a lot of people just play video games and don't delve into the wider world of video game content creation. So all the uh, the news articles, all of the podcasts, all of that sort of stuff, if, if people see that, oh, it's back on the shelf in Tesco, that means it must be fixed now, I'll buy that, that will be the decision-making process for a lot of people, which just goes to show that, yeah, fuck the scoop. There you go. <laughs> Fuck this scoop. <laughs> Fuck this scoop. I'm out. I'm joking. Double, double yeah. scoop. Double scoop. Um, everyone Kenobi says, FIFA recreate and remaster and create mode again this year and adding make your own club as well as apparently super advanced motion capture and AI. Is this the death of Pez? Answer, no. No, it's not because it's two separate games. Um, but that's the same thing again. Yeah. I mean, literally, that actually, the exact same punchline, fuck the scoop, um, it is is people buy what they want to buy. Um, mm-hmm. Pez will be the death of Pez, just like FIFA. FIFA will be the death of FIFA. If Pez is making money and it's it's 1% of what FIFA makes, but it's more than what Pez wanted to make, then Pez will, will remain... Uh, and and there's all sorts of other things as well. I mean, what, I won't go into that conversation. There's the whole sort of conversation of there's only one football game in Latin America, really, and there's only one football game in in certain parts of Asia and so on. So, so yeah, FIFA is massive and has monopolies in areas, but Pez also has reverse monopolies to some extent in other areas and stuff. So yeah, I I, I don't like. I mean, the natural instinct is to look over the fence and, and compare notes. Uh, competitor analysis is very useful for a number of things but just because one game is excelling doesn't mean that that will it's not it's not uh, a seesaw when one end lifts up doesn't mean that the other end goes down you can have both ends uh, ends going up at different paces at the same time so you're definitely not definitely not the death uh, also added small things which players apparently respond to like defenders pointing and player uh, listening excuse me Ruben Diaz manhandling Zinchenko has to be in the game uh, everyone should just manhandle Zinchenko. It's just, it just, it just looks too much like Kevin that De Bruyne. He's not allowed to be on the same pitch as Kevin De Bruyne because I keep thinking of the same person. What, what was De Bruyne? <laughs> oh, no, it's no, it's Zinchenko again. There you go. Anyway, uh, let's move ahead a little bit, pick up the pace because uh, we do have this, and then we got the uh, opinion piece about E3. Uh, so this one from Jeremy Signor Signor. I don't know. We'll call him Mr. Senor. Uh, I probably got that wrong. Sorry, Jeremy. But Mr. Senor at VG247 says, Xbox's Phil Spencer still sees a future for story-driven games. Risky projects like narrative-focused games are not being left behind in Xbox's strategy. It's no secret that live service games are the big money makers right now, but that doesn't mean there isn't a place for more traditional story-driven games, according to Microsoft's Phil Spencer. In a recent interview with The Guardian... I love this. The head of Xbox laid out how narrative single-player games are part of the platform strategy going forward. Fucking love the head of Xbox. Anyway, I think, quote, quote, I think we're probably building more of these now than we've been in the history of Xbox, Spencer told The Guardian, emphasizing the need to support riskier projects, which in turn will be supported by the wider availability of demos and early access through Xbox Game Pass and streaming technology xCloud. Xbox will achieve this diversity by not pushing its team to make any particular style of game. 
court. We don't have any direction or mandate that says every game has to be an ongoing, sustained game, said head of Microsoft Studios, Matt Boutet. Uh, Quote, take Psychonauts. There may be a Psychonauts 3, but I'm not going to tell uh, designer Tim Schafer to go make it. Knowing the history of the games that he makes, I don't think he's going to be making a game that has seasons and goes on for five years. Uh, Both Spencer and Matt Booty also emphasize the need to broaden the scope of where a successful game studio could be located, expanding the types of stories Microsoft can tell in the process. To that end, studios in territories that aren't traditionally game development hotbeds are all in play. Quote, it... uh, it would actually surprise me if that doesn't happen, Spencer said, commentating on the potential for a studio acquisition from outside the bigger development markets. Just knowing uh, the talent that's available and the tools such as Game Engine and uh, Unity and Unreal that, uh, that are so much more accessible, I would be surprised if in the next three to five years you don't see numerous studios in places that aren't the traditional hubs of video game development. This isn't the first time Phil Spencer expressed big opinions on where gaming is going. He recently compared the next-gen graphical jump Uh, to going from 2D to 3D, and he remains optimistic about Game Pass's continued support. So Xbox, back in the single-player game. And uh, they'd stay from the sounds of things. Uh, What are your thoughts, Bib? I'm actually trying to find the video game chart at the moment. Um, I can't seem to find... I'm I'm going through various different ones because I wanted to find out how many storyline games were actually filling up the top 20 at this moment in time because we've said it many times on here and we'll continue to say it. In terms of single-player games at this moment in time, it's making a massive, massive comeback. Like Fair enough, we've got some fantastic online games. Most of them are Battle Royales, but when you come and take and digest a storyline game, whether or not it's a 8, 15, 40, 80-hour game. For me, there's nothing better than experience than those storylines. And I think it's kind of come, again, full circle. We had the single-player boom. We had the multiplayer boom that went on for forever. I feel like we're getting to the point, again, where where we're seeing amazing stuff on our TVs through Netflix and and a series rather than it being films. Like TV series, I mean, you look at things like Line of Duty, you look at The Stranger, you look at all of these ITV dramas that are coming out, BBC dramas, they used to be fucking shit. No one used to watch them. And now now over the last five or six years, we are seeing some of the best TV being put on terrestrial TV as drama series. Have you seen the advert for that vigil, by the way? That looks class. Just, just uh, Which one's that? It's the submarine one kind of thingy that's coming Yes, to... he's got Martin Compton in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I've seen that one. Again, I can't wait for that. So we're starting to see storylines come back into different mediums. No one would have thought 10 years ago that ITV dramas would be some of the best stuff on TV. And I'm I'm getting to see now in video games, blockbusters, AAAs coming into the video game medium and creating massive stories and stories worth playing rather than it just being a very shallow experience. So again, I'm all in for this. I want to see some quirky shit. I want to see some stuff that hasn't been done before. We're going to see some more Hideo Kojima shit, which just is just either mind-blowing dog shit or whatever. It depends on what side of the coin that you're on. It's, it could be just too weird for you to be able to play, but it could be crazy good. Like This is the kind of stuff that we live for in video games. This is what got me into video games in the first place. Multiplayer is nice, but having single-player experiences is where I get my fun out of video games, and I'm glad we're starting to see more money being poured into these experiences and we're starting to have some of the best writers come in and create video games rather than it just be someone who's very good at writing 
and then having their story told. We're getting to see people who we come to see their stuff being portrayed onto the, the big screen, the silver screen, and now getting put into video games. It's a nice time to have these people come in and show our medium some love. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just want to point out that that article was written by, I pronounced it as Jeremy Signor. Um, it could be Signor, Signor, um, but I said Signor, to which Gagad has gone full GTA Vice City in the chat and says, <laughs> can Mr. Signor take these broken these wings? Broken... Which is class, because if you don't know, that's, that song is sung by Mr. Mr. So, yeah, Mr. Signor, you, you get the idea. You know, you get the GG's, Gagad. That's, I appreciate uh, multinational, multilingual puns. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. Um it's coming Rome, it's coming Rome, says... How do I say Is it less stuffante? But uh, as I said yesterday, fuck you! And I'm joking. Good morning. Yeah. How are you doing? How are you doing? Well, welcome in. Uh, uh, Lake says it already went. It did. It did. Although, to be fair, yeah, it did, because they've already got off the plane, so it's in Rome. <laughs> uh, GTA mm. Vice City, right? Absolutely. Did, did I not say Vice City? What did I say? I did. Oh, if, if I didn't, I meant I meant Vice City. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Nice, nice. Uh, so yeah, Xbox still has a future for story-driven games, which is which is nice. I mean, there's not really much to say to that because uh, too much noise, 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 noise. No, it's nice. There's never never too much noise. If you've watched Brooklyn Nine Nine, then that's it. It just becomes stuck, and then it remains <laughs> forever. You think it's gone, and then it just appears, and then it sticks. Cool, 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 cool. Noise. Uh, so yeah, on that bombshell, noise. Let's move on. Cool, noise, noise, cool, 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 noise, noise. Cool, nice. You get it, I'm doing it. Fine, okay. Final news story. This one, I'm going to leave on screen, uh, but I'm actually going to read elsewhere. Do you know, actually, can you drop the link to this in the chat so if people do want to read this one out? Because this is an opinion... Yeah, this is an opinion piece by Ryan Janes at gamesindustry.biz, and it says, is E3 now too streamlined? And the tagline behind that says, fan census analyzes the coverage that emerged from this year's E3 slash GameFest hybrid and compares to E3 2019 and last year's uh, summer of showcases. So, um... Uh, do you know what? Actually, I'll take it off screen because it'll start to get uh, muddy because as you can see, there's a lot of words. There's numerous graphs as we go down, even more words, more graphs, more words and more graphs, more words and more graphs, and then we get to a conclusion. So I have lifted out still quite a lot of content from this article. So I've still got almost a full page of A4, but it gives us enough to have uh, a conversation around this because one of the things that we've uh, had a conversation on, actually, I'll put the discussing now on screen. So if anyone comes in, they can, they'll know what's happening. Uh, uh, is E3 too streamlined? Question mark. Uh, and on screen, boom. So one of the conversations we've had over the last few years is, is the ESA doing a good job with E3? They, they charge a lot of money. Do we need E3? Did 2020 prove that we didn't need E3? After we had a decent enough E3 in 2019-ish, we all got details leaked and stuff like that, but we, we it existed, and then it didn't happen in 2020, and then it came back again earlier this year. How does it all stand? So this article basically goes through all of that, it has loads of details, loads of graphs and stuff that you can look in if you want to do deep diving. I've tried to pull out enough to just get the top bits. Um, so these are paragraphs I've pulled out. I will read the paragraphs in their entirety, so they may not link together as they would because they're obviously pulled out of the article, but we'll try to stitch it all back together at the end. Um, so both E3 2019 and E3 uh, slash GameFest 2021, so obviously E3 was all that happened in 2019, 
E3 and Game Fest, two separate events happened in 2021. Just want to point that out. So both E3 2019 and E3 slash Game Fest 2021 lasted a similar number uh, number of days with headlining showcases from the usual suspects, including Nintendo, Ubisoft, Xbox, and Bethesda. So how did this compare when it came to press coverage when looking at the top 25 performing titles from both uh, this year's series of shows um, and E3 2019's uh, 2019's E3 event, um, it's clear to see that 2021 has stronger support. Um, 2021's average for its top 25 titles reached as high as 1,500 articles over the seven-day period, while 2019 capped at just over 1,200. Um, highlighted by the fact more of the top performers for this year kept uh, above both average marks. Basically, um, there was more coverage, more news articles, 1,500 articles this year uh, versus only 1,200 articles two years ago when we had the last E3. So E3 slash GameFest, more content spread out a little bit better. Good, it's nice. Um so then we'll 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 have a look then. So before we start claiming E3 is officially back, it's important to note that while press coverage on the whole is up, uh, its quality isn't. Despite an average rise in roughly 300 articles between the two time periods, the number of headlining articles fell in 2021. As a result, the share of headlining articles per product for this year is less than half. Uh, compare this with our an analysis last year, and that gap is even bigger. Another thing to note for this year is that the average output per site uh, a product might receive falls below that of 2019, meaning that while more sites may be reporting on the event, they're offering less content individually. So again, sure, there is plenty of noise surrounding this year's E3 slash GameFest, but it's a more muddled noise drowning out focus pieces for individual titles. Okay, so we're getting a lot of content talking about E3 and everything in one, but nothing talking about specifics. Uh, so we jump a bit further forward. It says, focusing purely on the debuts of new titles over the past three years, E3 2019 announcements made during summer 2020 and 2021's E3 slash GameFest, there definitely seems to be stronger responses uh, from press for those done at digital events in the last two years. In fact, the top five spots are 2020 and 2021 announcements. Uh, this goes for both key influencers and press, uh, the former dropping a massive 41% in terms of video count and the latter an equally eye-opening 39%. Uh, this perhaps highlights a shortcoming when it comes to a fully digital show. The thing with the traditional E3 event is that it was never just about the showcases and conference. You had the show floor too, where press, influencers, and even consumers since 2017 were able to see and play, uh, and more importantly, play these games for themselves. So while E3 slash GameFest this year may have had extended gameplay for a handful of games opinions are still limited to the video content publishers are willing to produce as a result it feels like press and influencers simply don't have the same resource they might have from playing demos for themselves limiting their output so let's reflect on that for a moment does this mean that digital events are a less effective method when it comes to organically creating content opportunities on social platforms the data would certainly point towards that theory however let's not forget that the figures from 2021 come with one major caveat limited hands-on opportunities the absence of playable demos and extended footage really leaves an impact on the type of content being produced so lots of stuff there there is a lot more data there is a lot more graphs uh zedk hammer says graphs and words is life correct nice yeah. uh so there's a lot of data there but the gist of it is and it's nice to have some actual data to put behind this sort of stuff because we will be drawing these comparisons next year the year beyond and and so on as do we need e3 do we need the esa do we need that sing uh, song and dance that fanfare um 
And the gist of it is, maybe maybe we do, which I kind of like the idea, the fact that E3 still has its place, the fact that there was more articles overall and quite a considerable chunk. Because if you've got 1,200 articles a couple, of years, uh, a couple of years ago and we're up to 1,500 articles, or was it 1,200 articles last year? I think it may have been. 1,500 this year. So that's an increase of 300. That's 25% increase by having the physical song and dance-ish, physical, the, the whole wrapped up in one area rather than spread out throughout the whole summer love the fact that there's more increase but we also need good content that also says itself the fact that we have an event if you just have e3 for the sake of having e3 which is kind of what we said this year had i mean baby how how good was the Koch media conference <laughs> i probably there was probably about ten thousand articles just written on that overall <laughs> so so Koch media had a conference and and uh, one of the bits that I didn't pick out to put into that uh, summary was that people want to see games. People don't want the talk. People want to see. Yeah. E3 is about the experience of the game, not not the why and the who and the what and the where and the when. Uh, that's that's your GDC, uh, that's your game developers conference sort of stuff. Whereas this E3, because people were still trying to feel the difference between a fully physical event to a fully digital event to kind of a an amalgamation sort of event, which is what this year's has been. People were still trying to hand up, trying new things. So we got developer-esque conferences. We got uh, Take-Two's roundtable discussion, which was more like a state-of-the-nation company address. We got Nintendo doing Nintendo things and stuff, mm -hmm. which meant that the, the content just wasn't what people expected, which meant that you didn't get any deep content. There was no there, there was no major releases that people could get behind. Uh, so yeah, that that's shown the fact that when we did get trailers, when we did get get new releases, new articles, E three exploded. But but yeah, so there is a place for E three definitely. It's nice to have some data that shows that E three has been successful. It it led to more articles, but it needs to be done right. And this year's yeah, it was it was it was it was feeling the way. Uh E3 and its competitor, uh Summer Game Fest, which were pretty much the same thing for a lot of people, uh working together with good announcements from Nintendo, Ubisoft, Xbox, Bethesda, EA, if they do go there next time, maybe a Sony turn up or whatever, and then it could be a big thing. Nice, nice. But yeah, interesting article. Do if you have 20 minutes, because you're probably going to need a little bit more than that as well to go through all the graphs. Mm -hmm. It's definitely worth a good read if you're interested in that sort of stuff. If not, don't worry. We will have you covered. We'll keep you up to date with all of the events and stuff as, as they happen. But it's nice to have a little bit of a foundation to, to base those future conversations because we do have more content coming. It's only eight days until... Um, the EA Play content, which we still haven't even sorted out yet. So we've got more content like that coming in the next year. Obviously, we'll have the E3. We've got Gamescom coming uh, in August as well. So there's a lot of content still coming, but it's nice to have foundations to see how the world is reacting to E3 and and how E3 is currently sitting within a, the whole COVID situation. So yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. What I will say about that article, though, is... I <clears throat> I agree with most of it, but not all of it. The fact that there's more articles being pumped out is purely an SEO thing. Like they are reporting on every single game in a separate article. They may only write two lines about the game that they're potentially going to be talking about, but then they'll spend the next three paragraphs talking about what else is happening and then send you to other paragraphs. So they're just putting embedded links to other articles that they probably want more traction to or want or know it's a bigger story. 
for the sake of it. So the, the fact that there's more articles, I wouldn't necessarily look at it as a massively good thing because being a video game show where we talk about other people's content, read that out, we obviously give them credit and every single show by go, if you go into the description, you'll be able to see all the articles that we do talk about. But a lot of the stuff that I go through to try and get out some good stuff when it's an E3 or a Gamescom time, a lot of it is absolute shit. The, the articles that I want to see are the all-encompassing ones. So if you've missed if you've missed E3 or you've missed Gamescom or you've missed EA Play or you missed State of Play or whatever it is, I want the all-encompassing article. So this is the game. This is what we think. This is what they talk about. Here's the next game. This is what they think. All in a big list like that. That's really nice. But what I don't want to see is a, a indie game where they only give it the title because they know it's going to appear well in Google search. They'll talk two little two little lines about the game. Here's where it's going to be coming out. This is what kind of genre it is. Um, this is what you come to expect. No words from the people who are going to be talking about it. No one, no developer talk. No one, um, uh, none of the, you know, in in depth things that you might want to know about that video game but they'll then they'll just round off about the new call of duty and how it won awards for their audio sound at the very bottom but so they've actually that's said relevant they've actually said though um that uh so where was it there before we start claiming e3 is back it's important to know that while press coverage on the whole is up its quality isn't despite an average rise in roughly 300 articles between the two time periods the number of headlining articles fell so as a result the share of headlining articles per product is less than half which means that those articles that are looking at individual things like you'd probably get the the bethesda conference and then you'd get a follow-up article that but oh here's our fallout 76 deep dive and oh here's if you want to use private servers and stuff in fallout 76 or whatever there's none of that extra stuff so they aren't actually giving the uh the headliners there's, there's more summary stuff um but yeah that's where they say the, the, it's more of uh, a muddled noise drowning out focus pieces for individual titles, so it's it's probably a bit of both. The probably, I mean, there is shitloads of the uh, the clickbait stuff, but that's probably that probably falls into mm -hmm. the to the noise. There'll be a lot of summary stuff, um, more summary stuff than we usually get, but they're not even going to the extent of even giving that yeah that sort of like SEO level sort of yes. Uh, what was it called? I, I can never remember the name. Replaced is a new game that looks like '80s retro stuff. If you're interested in '80s retro, Call of Duty World at War is 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 oh, Call of Duty World War is set in the '80s, and it's like, well, that's nothing to do with it. Yeah. You just and they're not. It seems like they're not Speaking even. Of '80s superstars, Bruce Willis and Rambo will be joining Warzone. <laughs> yeah, Find exactly. our article on these deep dives here. They fuck you. It's it's infuriating. You gave me four hours of Bruce Willis and Rambo. And thirty seconds of replaced, which is what I came here for. But they, <laughs> yeah. but they're not even doing that, which which is interesting. And I think that does kind of speak to it though, because we like what was the best conference for for most people? Xbox. And what did they do in that conference? New game, new game, new game, new game. Look at so many new games. Um, but it it was quite you were quite hard pushed to find any extra details. So I think it's probably a case of. Because people were just were rushing to either they didn't want to put their own conferences on because it was not cost effective, or or Xbox just offered the opportunity to be in their show, or because they had the opportunity to be in the Xbox show but they weren't quite ready to give any extra details for whatever reason it is. We've seen thirty games in the Xbox conference, and then none of the developers have gone. Oh, here's some personal. Here's some extra information outside that. So we're not even getting those like paragraph pieces because people just don't even have the uh, the information for it which is which which is quite interesting because it does show you that that there's shitloads of interest the shitloads of news 
and really good mm-hmm. stories to be told, but people just don't have the words for the stories. Yeah. Um, is that because we're not getting any time with the people who would usually do like, I, I, I wrote something about Daymare to put on our website, but that's because we had the opportunity to be able to do that. Like if I didn't get the opportunity to be able to go in and play the game and speak to the guys who were creating it, speak to their marketers, speak to the game developers, I wouldn't have wrote that article because I would have had no experience. I wouldn't have been able to speak to them. Is that because we are working from home at the moment and people don't have that option to be able to go in behind, not behind enemy lines, but go behind the curtain to take a peek of what it is that they're going to be looking at? Are they just not interested and they have to cover it because they have to give some sort of coverage to something? Hello. I managed to mute my mic. Great. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, and no, I was actually joking then. I was taking the piss of saying that explains the frost relationship you had with Invader Studios then because Bibby was sat there behind enemy lines. <laughs> I was like, Bibby, they're not really the enemy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Invader Studios, uh, we we saw it at Gamescom. We got behind closed doors. Bibby played some Daymare. Uh, I sat and watched Bibby do fucking well class things in record time Invader Studios were all lovely this was nice but that's exactly it I didn't pull that bit out too much um, but uh, there was a bit that mentioned uh, there you go the thing with the traditional E3 event is never just about the showcases and conferences you had the show floor too where press influencers uh, and even consumers were able to see more uh, and more importantly play these games for themselves while e3 slash game fest this year may have had extended gameplay for a handful of games opinions are still limited to the video content mm. publishers are willing to produce so that means we only we could only eat the food that they put out in front of us the fact that bibby was eating from his own daymare banquet at, at gamescom was irrelevant that didn't happen at this e3 so yeah it shows that there is still a place um, and it does it then does pose the question of can that just be done with demos if you just push out demos to the world and people can download games in the Steam Summer Game Fest or whatever like that um, will that fill the gap? Potentially potentially it could do um, but until we figure that out we are still in a world where E3 can give us massive numbers online but it just doesn't have the same scale. There is longer tail drop-off. You don't get the yeah. extra stories. You don't get that clickbaity. Excuse me. Whether it is clickbaity or actually detailed articles about that 80s game that suddenly merges into a Call of Duty World uh, uh, World War sort of like Cold War reference kind of thing. That stuff didn't happen because, because people aren't meeting in the back rooms behind enemy lines, knives out and stuff. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, we'll wrap things up there. Though. Thank you, everyone for joining thank you for chappers for letting me know that i was muted uh i was like what the fuck is it? why did not responding to me anymore uh but yeah let's give you a, a quick recap of what we spoke about so that last bit that we tried to to condense is actually a, a long old article from gamesindustry.biz talking about is e3 now too streamlined are we just giving you the content and done do we need more content do we need game demos do we need hands-on access from the physical show uh probably to, to make things continue to give games the proper highlight in because it mentioned that like, the big games have big successes uh the little games can get lost in the success of the big games or just the general conversation about xbox as a whole uh so yeah e3 could potentially be too streamlined that's how we finish things off but we started off by talking about warzone hackers that have got a new way of boosting that can boost you to the high level not just them uh and tough you just stuck level 1000 everything unlocked uh 
good and bad about that. But yeah, the fact that you've not got a choice is bad. Uh, elsewhere, um, an undetectable cheat that could have been used in Warzone as well as other things uh, has been shut down at the request of Activision. Use service developed by user 101 is a is something that basically uses your controller to get cheats into the game so the systems can't track it. Anyway, after shouting his mouth off saying it's a wonderful cheat, he's been shut down and then at that point decided that it could have been used for the world, but it's too late. It's not useful for the world when it's a cheat. So anyway, it's gone. Get out of here. Cyberpunk isn't gone though. It is back officially. It tops the game chart for June, despite only being on sale in June for a week. Cyberpunk is the top selling PS4 game for the month. Also, uh, at the same time as PlayStation recommending that people do not play the game on PS4. So, so do as you told people, nice or not, as it seems. And uh, not just about PlayStation, Xbox are in the news as well as Phil Spencer, the Xbox head. There you go. Love that. The head of Xbox, not, not <laughs> Xbox boss. Xbox boss. Yeah, him, him, that guy. Uh, Phil Spencer does see a future for single player story driven games on Xbox. Not just live service, open ended, big money makers. They, they see some some i mean what we can last of us ish games on xbox i mean they've got enough studios we could we could definitely see some stuff like that but anyway if we do we will keep you updated for now though we're going to drop off i will not be back i do have a call in 20 minutes so i'm not back on this afternoon though bib mm-hmm. are you playing games mm-hmm. yeah but i don't know what and i don't know for how long um because i'm fucking sweating my back out in this room already it's like 21 degrees in manchester so yeah, I might play for a couple of hours. I don't know what, though. Uh, what do I want to play? Vice City. I mean, I could boot up Vice City again. Yeah, there's absolutely no problems in doing that. I might just do that. Stay again. That'd be a lot easier, wouldn't it? Hmm. I've kind of fallen out of love with it for the time being. Yeah, do you know what? That's think... definitely a game that I want to play with other people and not on my own. Yeah, I agree. I think I think I've my, my issue with State of Decay is State of Decay 2 was kind of the... Uh, it was to G me up for State of Decay 3 and and the day before. And the fact that we've heard nothing on either game just means that I'm G myself up. I enjoyed it, but it's not my genre. The fact that we, we've we G'd ourselves up for a genre that's still not moved anywhere, it's like, okay, well, I'm all excited, but the genre's not. <laughs> so I'm just saving my excitement rather than pushing it anymore. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, yeah, if you want to see... Probably be Vice City. Yeah. If you want to see people play GTA Vice City, uh, then take these broken wings. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get the idea. Uh, join us back on the channel shortly, so we're not going to drop a raid on someone, but do stick around. You will get yourself extra channel points by just joining back-to-back streams. You might as well do it. Get yourself the points. Nice. Nice. Um, we'll be back after that in the morning with the next scoop, uh, and then tomorrow is PUBG new season day. Yeah. Tago map comes along, so I will be playing some PUBG, potentially with Bib. Maybe not. Depends on whether he's got golf things and stuff. So, yeah, all of the content. It's back, baby. So, scoop. GTA, Scoop, PUBG. Nice, nice, nice. Before all of that, though, Mr. Pip, is there anything that you'd like to add? Yes. Again, if there is anything that you would like us to discuss on this show, if you want to help shape it, there is two ways you can do that. First of all, find us on social media. It is at IceCrimeWorlds across all major social media profiles or get involved with our Discord. If you are watching this on any of our on-demand services, then go into the description below. You'll have all the links to be able to find us over there. But all we need from you is a URL plus your thoughts and impressions. We will then give you our first impressions on the very next show, which will be at what time tomorrow, tomorrow. Mr. Graham Day? That will be at 10 a.m. <laughs> 10 a.m. Get it? Nice.
Nice. Yes. So join us 10 a.m. ish tomorrow for the next episode of The Scoop, and we will see you then. Uh, Bib, though, we'll see you back on the channel in 10, 15, 20 minutes, something like that. If you haven't already yeah. followed, drop a follow. You get a notification when we go live, and that's the best way for some GTA Vice City. Until then, have yourselves a fantastic day. And stay frosty. And stay frosty.